Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in, how'd you hear about us? Locked on. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to part two of the Locked On NL Central crossover. On today's episode, we're going to focus a lot more on what each team is going to do this offseason, namely a certain player, one guy, if we could pick just one guy who each of our teams would go for. And the good news is all of us pick different players, so we're not talking about like the same guy here. But we're going to get into all that here in just a second. Before we do, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss anything this offseason. Going to have a lot of content coming your way. Speaking of content, check out LockedOnReds.com. Clay Snowden has a brand new mailbag blog up there right now, and we're going to have more content coming throughout the offseason they're on that website. Something that I've kind of neglected over this past year. Going to bring it back in full force this offseason. And also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show at Lockdown Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Get those questions, get those comments in, reactions, whatever you've got, 513-549-0159. Also, talking with Lance McAllister later on this week on Thursday's podcast. If you've got some questions for me to ask for him, I've got plenty that we're going to talk about. But if you want to slide a question into my DMs there on 513-549-0159, uh, Maybe we'll get to that as well. So, all right, without further ado, let's get back into the Lockdown NL Central crossover. Off-season talk a little bit for the uh, the Cardinals, Lucas. I guess if you had to pick one player right now, outside of, I guess, maybe not worrying about money and all the factors going in with COVID, if there were a guy you could pick right now as a free agent to come plug into the Cardinals, who is it right now? For me, free agent-wise, it's going to be George Springer. And I know that he comes from, mm. from the, the awful Astros and all that good <laughs> stuff. But I just think that outfield as a whole this, this season, that was abysmal for the Cardinals, and I'm not afraid to use it in this context anymore. Um, <laughs> but it, it was – especially center field. I, Harrison Bader, people – you know, he hit like 220. I forgot to pull up the stats, but he hit like 220 this year, and people called it a resurgence of, an off, of a year. I was like, 220 is, is – if that's a resurgence, then you need to find some, something else to do in center field. And I, I just think George Springer, <laughs> you know, and for all the hate that he gets and for all the hate the Astros get, it, it was Paul DeLure. But I just think him, him as a leadoff bat, him as a, a, a staple in center field for St. Louis, he's the guy that I think that they should go after. Now, will he? Will they? I don't think so. 
think so. I think that they go after more of the, the lower tier guys, maybe a Jock Peterson to platoon on left field. I think they should go after Justin Turner as an upgrade at third base. But I think it's more likely that they go out of the system to get an outfielder than it is for them to go out of the system to get an infielder. Um, and who knows what the trade market's going to look like again with, with all this COVID 2020 stuff, who knows what the offseason is going to look like at all. If people want to stay, stay pat because 2020 was such a weird year and they don't trust it and they want to see what 2021 is, who knows? But I think that it, it, my guy is George Springer because for me, in 2021, an outfield of Dylan Carlson and left, Springer in the center, and I guess Fowler in right. I'm okay with that outfield for 2021 because you're paying Fowler so much money anyways, you might as well play him. So if my guy is George Springer. The realisticness of that is probably slim, but my guy is George Springer for the Cardinals. I like that. That'd be a great fit. I think so. <laughs> Jeff, I'm kind uh, of looking into the, the crystal ball a little bit, Lucas. Uh, do you see Michael Liberator making an impact next season? There were talks of that, especially because he was like the guy that um, pitched like the, the not spring training, but the, the, the off campus pitching whenever people were COVID-19, like he was at the simulated games. He was the guy that pitched and there's no video of it, but they said that he was impressive. Like Molina was impressed whenever he had to go get his rehab. DeYoung was impressed when he got his rehab after getting COVID. There's a, there's a really legit chance that Libertor makes a, a starting rotation bid, at least, in, in spring training. And some people think that he's going to be the fifth starter for St. Louis in 2021. Is that rushing it? I mean, you probably have to talk to RM Leighton if he's being rushed or not. But I think that <laughs> Libertor has a really good chance to make a – he does have a good chance to make a, a, a significant um, push for a starting rotation next year and a significant impact. And then follow up to uh, if Liberator is in the rotation, is De Leon anywhere? Because I want to see a game where it's like Liberator and De Leon pitching. Because then it would just be the most elegant names on the baseball diamond. <laughs> I think that there's, you know, with, there's a good chance, whether I'm dreaming because of the names or what, but there's a decent chance that with, with who they are, that they piggyback each other. Max um, Shield doesn't like that term, but I think that De Leon has shown he can go six or seven in a couple different starts, but I think his role right now is more suited for a three, four inning guy. And then maybe for 2021, you use Libertor as that backup or you flip it depending on, you know, kind of a mini opener, if you will, but that would be quite, and you're right, an elegant way of uh, having your pictures <laughs> in a game. Libertor and Ponce de Leon. Yeah. Jeez, man. They sound like they should be like leading the Ottoman empire. Not the <laughs> rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Jeff, obviously the Reds made some, I mean, uncharacteristic big splash moves last off season. Are you expecting that to happen again? I guess what's happened with Nick Castellanos. What's your feel for this off season? I think this off season is going to be a lot more like what Reds fans are used to before these past two years. Uh, when you've got uh, two reasons being that they have spent a ton over the last couple of seasons, but also you've got the COVID bankroll. Who knows what that's going to be and what it's going to look like for the Reds going into free agency. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm not super bullish on them bringing Trevor Bauer back. It's not for any reason. I mean, obviously, Reds fans have loved Trevor Bauer this season. I've got myself a Bauer-Weiser t-shirt, king of strikeouts. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's going to cost so much money. There's going to be somebody that's going to throw $30, 35000000 million at him for a year or maybe even a multiple-year contract that the Reds just can't match. So I'm not – banking on that sure I'm still hoping for it but I'm not expecting it so with that being said I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of moves plus they've already got in-house guys that they can plug into the rotation and while they're not as good as Bauer because Bauer should win the Cy Young I yes. think that um, they, they're still going to be solid 
rotation-wise with the guys that they've got in-house. So with that being said, the one move that I'm looking for them to do and the one move that I'm trying to champion and uh, trying to, you know, osmosis my mind to Nick Crawl's mind um, is mm-hmm. go for Andrelton Simmons. I want Andrelton mm-hmm. Simmons so much because he's not going to cost as near as much as Trevor Bauer, but he's not going to cost like a whole bunch of money per year. Like I, I think they could probably get him for about $9 million, something like that. He will be the best defender on the team, obviously the best defender in the infield, and he'll be able to shore up a spot in the bottom third of the order. The bottom third of the order for the Reds was just such a black hole this season, very inconsistent based on who was in there. And you look at the guys that the Reds tried to plug in at shortstop, whether it be Freddie Galvis, who flirted with the Mendoza online all season. Then you had the, the young stud, Jose Garcia, who is the shortstop of the future, but not the shortstop of 2021 because he was so overmatched at the plate. He's a very good defender, but he's not good at the plate. I think that you plug Simmons in there for a year, maybe even work Garcia in toward the end of uh, August, September, something like that. But you can bridge the gap between what we've got now, which is a bunch of question marks at shortstop in the future, which is Jose Garcia. As far as the rest of the roster goes, it's probably not going to change very much. I don't think Nick Castellanos opts out. He's going to have a hard time um, opting out of his current deal and getting a better deal after mm-hmm. getting on base less than 30% of the time in 2020. Uh, I, I know that people are going to say, well, shortened season, uh, maybe they kind of temper their expectations with the statistics, but it's not as if he can walk into any sort of contract negotiation and be like, look how good I was in 2020. He just he had a lot of inconsistent numbers. So I think that he at least stays for one more year he does have an opt-out at the end of 2021 as well. So he can kind of bet on himself a little bit that he'll be better in 2021 and then test the free agent market next season, which is what I think most Reds fans uh, were expecting whenever he signed because they gave him two opt-outs, which is weird, right? Like most guys, they yeah. only get one opt-out, but they wanted Castiano so much. They're like, we'll give you two. And so I think that that's something that uh, we're going to see. And, um, well, and, and, and I can throw this bombshell out there here, too. I, I saw something today, and we can talk about it more uh, throughout the rest of this podcast, but um, I'm hearing that the DH needs to be renegotiated to be a thing in 2021. Like, yeah. as is, there's not going to be a DH in the NL, which is going to be kind right. of a uh, a thorn in the side for the Reds lineup. So, I don't know. What are you guys hearing about that? And, Sean, what are the Cubs going to do? Dude, that is a wonderful question. I'm uh, I'm really glad you asked me. Uh, no, uh, the DH, yes. Uh, the DH right now, as stands, does have to be renegotiated. I think everyone just assumed it would probably be added on, but I have seen some, like, questions about, like, whether the National League can or will bring that back. I would assume there would be too much uh, – too much upset – national league teams uh for the dh not to return so i would assume that's your back but um yeah man that would that would really throw a wrench into a lot of things sean gives his one guy that the cubs should target in free agency and it's a little bit scary you're not going to miss that also sean and i discuss whether trevor bauer or you darvish deserves the nl cy young that's coming up here in just a minute but are you doing some work on your car right now is the 
time of year that you want to make sure your car is good to go for the colder months, for winter and for all of the temperatures and snow and all that good stuff. The best way to make sure you have the right parts for your car to get ready for the cold season is to go to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, and it's easy to find the ones that you need as well. They've got a drop-down list on the left side with all the different car companies. Find yours, find your model, find your year, and they'll drop down all of the parts that are for your car. That way you don't have to know exactly which one. But if you are more mechanically savvy than the average bear, you can find your favorite brands as well. Rock Auto's got all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you go there in the checkout section, it's going to have a little box that asks, how'd you hear about us? Type in Locked On and let them know that your pal Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. RockAuto.com has amazing selection with reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out, RockAuto.com. And when they ask, how'd you hear about them? Type in Locked On. In terms of what the Cubs can do, I guess if I had to pick one guy, um, there's there's two guys I'd probably really love to add to this roster. The one who I, I, I don't really see being an option but would love to see it happen would be DJ LeMayhew. Um, you kind of mentioned it at, at the reason why mainly, uh, Jeff, is like the bottom half of the Cubs lineup was, was – was good actually but you know um over the last couple of years is brutal um it was the top portion of the lineup that wasn't great but getting someone like dj lemayhu in the cubs lineup helps because he's a high contact bat but he also drives the ball well he hits high average um he was right up there with tim anderson this year once again for the american league batting title um he plays pretty good second base. It's not like anything special defensively, but obviously that bat, it's just a lot different than what the Cubs have in their lineup. Um, they, they need those high average, high contact guys that can put the ball in the air. Um, they've got contact guys in Elmora and uh, Nico Horner, but they're really good at putting the ball on the ground and not elevating. So getting someone like DJ LeMahieu helps kind of change the focus because you kind of look at the rest of that lineup and it's kind of been the Cubs issue the last couple of years, even though it was kind of, put out as a strength but the Cubs could conceivably put any hitter from like one through six or maybe even seven in any spot in that lineup and you could say yeah that makes sense and that's great to some extent but the teams these last couple of years have figured out the Cubs all kind of struggle on the same pitches because they're conceivably the same hitter one through six it's all power hitter who, who, who will walk and take their pitches but is pretty much looking for fastballs um DJ LeMay helps change that a little bit. So I'd be interested to see him sign. Um, the other guy I really want, and I, I, I think the Cubs, if the DH, this is entirely intention on the DH. So if they don't have the DH, this would suck. But um, I would love to see a guy like Nelson Cruz come to the Cubs. Um, a guy that's never really been a, a guy the Cubs could go after, the, the, D, the DH, the straight DH type of guy. Um, putting him in that Cub lineup, I mean, that dude's just going to hit home runs. Like, and, and that's all he's kind of done these last couple of years. He's hit nearly 40 home runs the last couple of years. But what's been encouraging as he's gotten older, he's actually become a better hitter. He's hitting for a higher average these last couple of years with the Twins. His BABIP's higher. On base percentage, just still hovering near 400%. Or, yeah, 400, excuse me. So, like, I mean, that's <laughs> – that's that's incredible. That's that's exactly yeah. what the Cubs would need, and it's the exact type of hitter they've never been able to really go after. Um, so it'd be cool to see that. Um, will that happen? Probably not. Uh, but we'll more than likely see a, a mid-level signing, like 
I, I, Jonathan Scope's probably the guy that's realistically going to come in on this Cubs team, but um, that type of fringe player. But I would love to see them swing for the fences and sign to Nelson Cruz, especially like 38, 39. Like he's not going to ask for a lot of money. It's probably a one-year deal. He either hits a bunch of home runs or strikes out a lot. Either way, you've got the same issue you had if it doesn't work out. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think with the DH, again, my thoughts on it are probably – I'm in the minority for, for, for most people. I don't like the DH. I get it. I get why it's a thing. I'm more of a traditionalist, but I'll, I'll, I won't get on my soapbox right now because I have a question for you guys. Um, sure. You guys can get your stats on Bauer and Darvish out now if you guys don't have them up already because the Cubs and Reds both have Cy Young contenders. And I, I'll be the moderator for, for this question. Um, and <laughs> whether you actually think your, your guy's going to win or not, I want to hear you guys' arguments. Jeff, why you think Trevor Bauer will win? And Sean, why you think you Darvish will win? And because I got a lackluster introduction, Jeff, you get to go first. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'll take it. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. So uh, Bauer in 11 starts this season was absolutely phenomenal. He had a 1.73 ERA. He did have two complete games. Now I will allow that one of those complete games was in a seven inning doubleheader, but his biggest start of the season came against the Brewers late in September on three days rest in which he came in and was near perfect. He gave up a couple of base runners in that game, but was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I don't necessarily know if they go crazy with the ERA plus, but his ERA plus was 276. Like that's insane to me. His FIP at 288 says he was getting a little bit lucky, but come on. I mean, that's not that big a luck difference there. Strikeouts per nine at 12.3. And overall, he was a guy that the Reds could look for to be the stopper. You know, you always talk about guys in the rotation that – if some of the other guys have faltered and if the Reds are on a bit of a losing streak, you throw Bauer in there and you get things rolling on the winning side. And he was able to do that for the team. But overall, I think when you look at his body of work and I'm not a mathematician, so I couldn't figure this part out, but a hundred strikeouts in 11 starts probably figures to be really good over the course of a full season. So I, just, I, I look at him and I think that he is the favorite to win this in El yeah. yeah, I mean, I, for what it's worth, I agree with you, Jeff. But um, for the sake of this argument, um, <laughs> I will say, uh, you, Darvish, uh, just incredible. I, I, you look at the body of work, what he was putting together before um, the 2017 or 2018 season, and uh, just didn't quite look like himself. Uh, last year, we saw him in the second half really start to figure it out, and he was essentially the same guy he was in that second half. Uh, just incredible. Uh, nasty nasty stuff a 2.01 era which was great he was worth three war this year he led the cubs which is nuts um the, i think the most ridiculous stat i could see for him in 2018 you darvish struck out about 11 batters per nine innings but walked just under five batters per nine innings in 2020 he struck out about 11 batters again but walked 1.66 batters per nine innings um left down base percentage at nearly 84 percent uh, his home run fly ball rate, which had skyrocketed for the four years in a row from 12 to 15 to 17 to 22.8 last year, went down to 8.8. Darvish just minimized all of his mistakes. And on top of that, he throws 11 freaking pitches <laughs> on just any day. And he'll just pick up a ball, throw a pitch a couple times, and says to his catcher, Victor Carantini, yeah, let's mix this in today. I'm going to throw a knuckleball today, like, cuz. <laughs> 
like that's nuts. And it, it's crazy to see just when he came to the Cubs just two years ago, wasn't quite himself, only managed eight starts. Chicago was ruthless. Um, <laughs> they yeah. replaced Jake Arrieta with Hugh Darvish, who made eight starts and looked awful in all of them. Um, walked more batters than he nearly walked more batters than he struck out to turn into this player he is now at 34 years old. Um, it was just special, a special year. He was absolutely dominant. You could say, honestly, as great as you Darvish was this year, that Kyle Hendricks might have been more, um, maybe not consistent, but maybe more big in certain moments. He stepped up a little mm-hmm. bit in times when the Cubs needed him to, but Darvish was just absolute nails all season. And as, as great as the season as Trevor Bauer had, if you were going to hang your hat on something for Darvish, I, I really think it's just that he's come so far <laughs> um, from where he was, where it looked like this contract could be a nightmare to turn it into a guy the Cubs see as an asset for the next couple of years, which is special. Yeah, I, I think, think it's- Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, sorry, moderator. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. You, you're, you can respond, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that you, Darvish, really was a, a, a guy that shut down, not that everybody shut down the Reds lineup most of the time this year, but whenever <laughs> he was on the mound, it was really hard to see how the Reds were going to score runs against a guy like that. And mm-hmm. kind of like you mentioned, it was like every other game you heard because I think you Darvish pitched a couple of times against the Reds. So every time the Reds announcers were watching him pitch, they're like, what's that pitch? Where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> right. I, think, I think it broke up, and then it came down. What, what, what's going on here? But, yeah, overall, he, he was a lot of fun to watch and definitely the main contender. Like, I know that I'm sure there's Mets fans out there that probably think Jake DeGrom should be in the conversation, but I think it's a two-horse race at this point. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way, especially since DeGrom's won it the last couple of years. Like, I get, you know, you don't want to not yeah. give a guy an award if he earned it, yeah. but I, I think this year especially, it's it's very clearly Trevor Bauer is is one, and, and Darvish is probably maybe 1A or 2 there, but yeah. those guys have been fun. And like you said, I think the big thing for Darvish – or for, uh, for, for Bauer is that he just came in in moments when the Reds needed him to win and pulled out a freaking win uh, for an offense that just couldn't get it together. For, to know Bauer was like, yeah, I can go eight and, and not give up a run for you, that's huge. Plus he yeah. made a lot of really good gifs. Yes, <laughs> he's very funny. I love watching his YouTube channel. He's great at breaking down pictures, except for when he's giving Javi Baez shade. He's having a rough season, Trevor. He doesn't have video in the dugout, all right? Oh, I don't want to hear alone. that excuse. I don't want to hear it. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I think both these guys it, – it's fun to talk about winning awards because the Cardinals won't win, won't win money this offseason, so I appreciate you guys indulging me in that conversation. Um, but it's just funny that you look at – you know, both these guys had not only – because you mentioned Darvish had a really good year, in his first year really good as a Cub. He had his best season really – since 2013 in which he finished second in the Cy Young and Bauer really had his first good quality full season since 2018 as well so both these guys kind of resurged themselves if that's the proper use of that word um you know both these guys have had the talent for a long time it feels like especially Darvish I whenever I play baseball I had this pitching instructor that said whenever you Darvish is healthy there's no question as to who's the best pitcher in the game because of his ability to throw the 11 pitches and all these other different things that he talked about that went over my head, which is why I, I don't play baseball anymore. Um, <laughs> but when, when you look at how effective Darvish is with all 11 pitches, because I feel like sometimes guys try to throw five pitches and that's too much because they can't master it all five. For Darvish to have some sort of mastery on 11 pitches, I think is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. And that deserves a lot of respect, but I tend to agree with you guys. I think Bauer will win this. He's only five and four, but I think wins are starting to get less and less uh, or rather more and more obsolete uh, nowadays. 
I mean, I think DeGrom won it, won it a couple years ago with like nine wins or something like that. Hernandez won it 10 years ago with like 13 wins or something crazy like that. Um, so I think that the wins and losses don't matter. When you look at all the, the statistics, I mean, Jeff, you ran off a couple of them. He led the league in ERA, led the league in ERA+. Plus led the league in whip, led the league in lowest hits for nine innings, one qualifier. So I just think that Bauer, Bauer does get the, the Cy Young nod, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, those, those stats always dictate to who's dominating a game, and clearly Bauer did it just about every start. On tomorrow's podcast, we will conclude the Locked On NL Central crossover. You're not going to want to miss the last part. We talk about some exciting prospects coming up, like Dylan Carlson and Keith Brian Hayes and how they're going to shape the division as we move forward, and a whole lot more. You're not going to want to miss that tomorrow on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any podcast this offseason. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And also check out LockedOnReds.com. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I will talk to each and every one of you, along with Sean and Lucas, tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey.